We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go. You know it. What? Tell the story. What? You got a whole network. This is bad. And we are back, the 11th episode of the California Golden Blogs podcast, The Bearcast. Um, we are, Trace wanted to start off with this, we are sponsored by, or pseudo-sponsored by... We are sponsored this week by Fireball. When you want your mouth to burn and your stomach to burn to take away the pain that is coming from somewhere else, I recommend Fireball. It tastes like an alcoholic version of Big Red Chewing Gum. That is That is a really good... Comparison. I, I totally it, forgot that it tastes like big red chewing gum. If you put it in your uh, your cider, it's good. So, Nam, you listening? <laughs> yes. Put it in your cider. It's, it's really good, actually. The the uh, My alcoholic cousin, he told me to, if you do it with Angry Orchard Cider, they call it Fire Orchards. So, Hey, not bad. And he's um, in the Navy. They know all about alcohol. Yeah, if Nam is listening to this, Nam, I'm on your side. Cider, I'll I'll say it's considered a beer. It's a beer made out of apples. I'm on your side with this. It's fermented. It's all the same. <laughs> At some, point. it all ends up the same anyway. That is that is also a good point. That is also a good point. Um, uh, we have a guest on the pod today. Very special. Guest. A very special guest. Um, special? yes, yes, okay. one of my good friends and also a new writer on California Golden Blog since how a few months back. How long has it been since you've been writing on the website? I don't even know when I officially started. <laughs> Avi just kind of, just kind of, Avi and Matt just, hey, um, write this by next week. Yeah, you you always kind of assimilate. That's what happened to me. Well, that's what happened that's to me what too. Happened to Rob too. Yeah, Avi just kind of emailed me and was like, hey, I heard you're interested in writing basketball. I was like, yeah. And he's like, why don't you break down this film of Ben Simmons and Ivan Rabb? Oh, and yeah. I was like, all right. And then the next week, my article is up. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a great uh, one to six months um, <laughs> being part of this blog. So, um, yeah, I'm just right. happy to be here. Yeah. yeah. If, you can't, if you can't hear it in his voice, he is um, – he's – actually, you can't see because this is a podcast. But he is – he's sweating, you know, from every, every you know, Orifice. sweat sweat gland possible. <laughs> it's the waterfalls um, that the band TLC told us not to go chasing. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls. Yeah. Don't creep either. <laughs> don't want no scrubs. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Big fan of TLC here. That is, yeah. They that was those. They have some great hits. Yeah. Um, I think one of them's dead, but 
No. It's like the Bee Gees. Not, there's only one of them left. None of them are staying alive. <laughs> yeah, but their music lives forever. So. Yes. Yeah, yes, it, does. it does. That it does. Um, let's move on to the college football scene, I guess, of this this week. Um, I mean, we'll. Things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll get to we'll get to our game later, but for now, we'd rather not. Yeah, we'd we rather to. not, but we kind of have to. It's it's part of our job. Um, We're not paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's part of our volunteer work. Is that is that a better term? Yeah, our community service. <laughs> we're we're all on parole here. Um, there were a few highlights for me. I, I you know I just wrote this down in our program, but um, Arkansas Arkansas's lateral for first down <laughs> against Ole Miss. Um, <laughs> it might have been more absurd than the Miami Duke play last week. I don't oh, even know. Which has less of a chance of working, do you think? The, I mean, but I feel like that was actually planned, whereas this one yeah. was kind of just a reverse Hail Mary. You know what? You can even call it that. Is that even... How is that... It's the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> skyhook right there. Was it? I, I'm thinking more Derek Fisher, 0.4 seconds. Like, I'm... That's... Yeah. <laughs> did he even look? I, I, I went back on the replay, and it, it follows the ball, so it, I can't really tell, but... I really want to see... That guy did not look. No, absolutely not. He, he had a perfect view of the sideline, and that's basically it. I wonder, was that was that the old Miss sideline that he was staring at, or his own sideline? Because I um, think the difference would have been amazing. if he. Can you imagine if you're that receiver, and you're looking at the opposing sideline, and you just literally chuck the ball backwards, and you see their faces just start to melt because they realize what's happening? Uh-oh. <laughs> They, I mean, the other Arkansas guy got it off a of bounce, though, right? Yeah, he yeah. did. He did. He picked it straight off a of bounce. I mean, Ran I think. Field, yeah. yeah, Ole Miss had a shot. At, at got picking, the first down. Yeah, got, yeah, the, got the first down. Yeah. That was a. Uh, yeah. And then, um, of course, TCU. Oh, they boy. Bulldozed. Yeah. yeah. Boykin had, what, four interceptions? Yeah, yeah, he did not have a good game. This was this was his down to earth game, which shouldn't have happened this late in the season if that he had it a bit Andy earlier. Dalton game. Yeah. Was this but his. Dalton's it, been pretty good this year. Oh, yeah. We'll say. Yeah. Um, and then also, Florida <laughs> wins without scoring a touchdown. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's go, Vandy. <laughs> <laughs> what was the score nine to seven? I think at the yep. end. I was what Some real SEC football what? right there. That's a quality win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Solomon and I we were watching uh, the highlights, um, and there were highlights. Of, yeah, no, because they were showing all the the interceptions and turnovers. And there was one turnover where the quarterback for Florida um, threw it into the end zone, but the spiral. <laughs> The spiral oh, of the yeah, ball was sideways. going sideways. sideways. <laughs> have you ever seen a ball traveling, spinning sideways <laughs> into the end zone from a quarterback throw? And I was like, I don't get how that happens. I'm a, I'm, I was shocked that the ball was even going forward and yeah, straight. To get that kind of uh, air off of yeah. Impressive. I'd, t- I'd say unicorn magic right there. Oh, yeah, unicorn magic. Oh, yeah, yeah. McElwain. McElwain. Yeah. Mr. McElwain. He's better than the other guy. Uh, what's his name? Muschamp? There you go. Yeah. He should have been... I mean, he should have just stayed at Texas. I don't know what he... Yeah. yeah. But but to to his defense, and I'll, I'll we'll end this with this point, to his defense, he never had a real good quarterback. No. Because Tebow, he came in right after Tebow had left, and then he was just... I mean, he had Cam. He could have had Cam. Yeah, but... But that, that didn't quite work out that way that's either. That's a whole can of worms thing. Yeah. That's that's a that's something totally else. All right, um, uh, oh, it pains me to say this, but on to the Cal football, um, guys. 
Oh, Lord have mercy uh, on all Cal fan souls. Um, yep. I don't even know where to begin um, with this. Uh, uh, let's just you know, do let's, the obvious. Let, let, me, let me get this out of the way. So for all you fans, Cal faced uh, at um, Oregon in Autzen last night, 7.30 p.m. kickoff um, on ESPN2. Cal loses 44-28. to um, Jared Goff, 18 completions on 41 attempts with an interception and two touchdowns, got sacked twice, 329 yards. Vic and Wary, nine carries for 69 yards and a touchdown, or 68 yards, I'm sorry. Um, 69 Vernon, would have been better, admittedly. Yeah. <laughs> Vernon Adams, uh, 17 completions 29 on 29 attempts, two interceptions, 300 yards uh, tossing with four touchdowns, only got sacked once. Royce Freeman... <laughs> Ran 29 times for 182, 180 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, James Brooks ran seven times for 101 yards. And Connie Benoit ran eight times for 94 yards, no touchdown. Benoit's um, a killer. Hey. Just hearing those numbers like, out loud. They, they had 777 total yards. It was a lucky, lucky number for them. And... <laughs> Uh, God, this was just hard to watch. I was at my girlfriend's parents' house watching it with them, and a, it was a room pe- full of people making fun of me for feeling so sad about this game. <laughs> like, uh, I think my girlfriend's aunt said, it's it's cute that you think they had a chance. So, <laughs> I mean, looking that, at these... First two, those first two drives. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just... It's to give you it hope. Great. Yeah, and then just crush it for the rest yeah, of the game. It, that's pretty much... Uh, that's Cal football. In yeah, it's, that's a, yeah in, uh, in two drives, it's Cal football. If I can make a wrestling reference here, here which we will go. hopefully be the first of many. If anyone saw last year 2014 SummerSlam match between John Cena and Brock Lesnar, it felt like that. We were Cena. We got our offense in early. Then we got suplexed 16 times. <laughs> Then we got in a little flurry at the end, but it just got laughed off, and then we got thrown around like a pizza and pinned. Pretty much. Good match, though. It, for most, a lot of people don't like John Cena, so it was. We're very, still talking football. Oh, we're, viscer- we're still talking wrestling, right? Yeah, it was very vis- <laughs> viscerally satisfying from that angle, but it was not satisfying to watch this game at all. I felt like a an eight year old kid cheering on John Cena who got very, very, very disappointed. Yeah, I mean, thought he had a chance. I know Solomon felt this way when we were watching the game um, in particular, and the biggest point for me, and I think for I can I think I can speak for Saul was the amount of time Vernon Adams had to throw the ball and make his reads. He's not a good thrower, no, and he no. does not make his reads very well. He threw two picks to us. He threw. Technically, well. technically, White should have had like two more. Yeah, yeah, I saw a couple other ones. Yeah, I mean the one the one that he the second one that Vernon threw that was just in. Yeah. In garbage time, but um, the other one definitely. Um, so let's delve a little more into this, guys. Um, I don't know if we can find out four positives from this game, but give me at least one each from the from you. Um, I'll I guess I'll start with Trace. I think Trace uh, had one already. Yeah, we talked about this before, but the uh, punt blocking. Oh yeah, we blocked two punts. Uh, it was uh, Ray Hudson on the first one, and uh, the Rock's cousin Hamilton Anoa'i. Yeah. Or I think I'm. Saying it was that right. Hamilton An- Anoi. I think Anoi. Anoi. They're a huge wrestling family. So. 
Sorry, Hamilton, but yeah, it's yeah. it's either or. The Simone last names are really hard to pronounce. Yeah. yeah, but he they did a great job, gave us field position, gave us uh, the chance to actually get into double digits on scoring. So, Coach Tomerdahl, yeah. the man. He's done pretty well in the past couple yeah. of games, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he's, and he's, Anderson he's, played pretty well too. He hit a forty-eight yarder, which is his uh, long yeah, right now. Long. He's actually gotten better every single game since that Texas yeah. game, I think. So, um, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Uh, for you, Solomon? Um, probably would have to be those first two drives. Yeah. Um, something we've been struggling with all season has been getting that engine going. Um, for sure, our third quarter is still usually our best quarter. <laughs> but um, the fact that we scored on two opening drives is something that we haven't seen at all. This season and to actually see that um, to see that offense actually producing right out of the gate is encouraging of course after that they Tanks. completely slumped but uh, I think if we can start that way maintain it we can beat everyone in the conference we have the team too I mean I'm looking at it going well we <laughs> I mean so here's the funny thing we started off the year as you know, the first few games, I'm pretty sure all of you will um, agree with me, is we were considered a third-quarter team. Yes. We scored 11 points in the third quarter today. That's the most out of any quarter in terms of the spread of points for our, for Cal. We also said we needed to work on becoming a quicker starter. We scored 10 points in the first quarter. The fact that we got zero in the second and then only one touchdown in the fourth, that's ultimately what did us. And also, we gave up 28 points in the second quarter. That probably did it too, but the point is... Point is, we fixed one que- we fixed one que- uh, question that we had for the team. We fixed another question we had for the team. Yet we couldn't get those two together. Yep. It was like, <laughs> I don't I don't even know what to say. Um, I mean, that's what the coaching staff has been saying all season is stringing together a complete game. We haven't been able to do that. Nope. Um, and that's been clear and really clear yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, I guess we'll step on to the negatives. Um, I mean, I can think of one more positive. Oh, actually, please, was, please, uh, this helps. Vic and Wary got some playing time today. I don't think he got any playing time last week against USC. He showed up in a snap but didn't get the ball. Yeah, but one snap. He just rumbled a lot. Looked like Mini Marshawn, which is nice to see. I mean, those two long runs, um, right before, or the one long run before his touchdown, and then his actual touchdown run. Both very Marshawn reminiscent, um, you know the little, the little shoulder three sixty yeah. spins, um, breaking off, the tackles. Yeah, breaking the tackles. When he gets going, and he, oddly enough, he's not the best back in short yarded situations. Yeah. But when he gets going, I he's my favorite player to watch. Yeah. Cal. Yeah. I mean, when we were watching the game, there were certain points where Vic would get the ball or Calfani would get the ball. Actually, it's more so Calfani or, or Lasco and. They would run him off um, either the left side or the right side with no lead blocker. Yeah. And he would be, he would just, as soon as he turns the edge, there's three Oregon defenders standing right there with no lead blocker in front of him. And what is he supposed to do? If it's Vic, yeah, maybe, maybe he trucks one of them and then gets like two, three extra yards. Velasco and Calfani aren't those types of backs no. to, to beat them. And I don't get why we were running so many of those plays off the edge and they knew it was coming too. Um, and then, of course, for me, also, I guess we'll move on to a negative. Is the play calling 
especially early on in the game with all those bubble screens to Harris and, and uh, Trevor Davis. Yeah. Unnecessary. So unnecessary, in my opinion. I'm um, not a big fan of the bubble screen, to be honest. It just... You have to be able to do it well consistently every time, and we're thoroughly inconsistent. No. So. And even so, I mean, I think the bubble screen would work if we we threw some more vertical passes in yeah. there just to just to stretch the defense and then hit the bubble screen. There's no way you're going to be able to hit the bubble screens first and then be able to verticalize the game. Like I it's mean, just, look what Wazoo does. Yeah. They, it's the they mesh with deep. the two streaks, and then yeah. it just it works. And. I we I think our inside receivers are better than Wazoo's. All yeah. respect to River Craycraft. And yeah. Oh. He gets everything, and I think Steven Anderson's way better than he is. Yeah. And he can catch pretty much everything too. So. I don't. I don't know. I like to see more of the crossing routes. Yeah. But I'd also like to just see a lot more diversity in terms of the play calling. I think um, there were way too many times where we just settled for like underneath throws and or the I wouldn't say underneath throws but the play was designed for the underneath pass um and it, it's just not happening it doesn't play to our strengths definitely a lot of drops too yeah oh and yeah. it just becomes more predictable I yeah. think in the past four matchups all against good teams in our conference these defenses have read it easy and they're crashing down on that we maybe get what three four yards on a bubble screen at most yeah, it doesn't help to play a defensive player like DeForest Buckner either, who's like six six and can outrun our running backs and our wide receivers. Um, yeah, he's pretty good. He's I think the number three rated defensive end going into the draft or defensive tackle. Yeah, he's he's one heck of a player. I will say that. Um, He'll be good at the next level. Yeah, he has the size and the, the yeah. agility, the speed. He's got it all um, definitely to help him out there. Um, all right, uh, so. I mean, I talked about negative um, play calling for me. Uh, Trace, Solomon, uh, should we go Solomon first? Do you have a negative to talk about? Yeah. Um, of course. Of, one, co- of course. Too I mean, many. Only one. What to oh. choose, yeah. Um, it would have to be, for me, the line on both sides of the ball. Um, and this has been an issue all season, but uh, it was just especially apparent yesterday, at least on the defensive side. Uh, Vernon Adams had at least five seconds every single time he dropped back. Um, more than that, most of the time. And the fact that a quarterback like Vernon Adams, who is, yes, a dual-threat quarterback who we have to contain, any quarterback that gets that much time is going to complete a pass. doesn't matter who you are. Like, you can put me in there and put, on, put me in some pads, and I can make that throw, maybe. But <laughs> um, with that being said, our D-line, yeah, we're dealing with injuries. Looney didn't play yesterday. Um, and guys kept getting carted off. Yeah, that too, um, which is probably another negative too. But the fact that Vernam's had that much time, we couldn't get any pressure on him at all. And the fact that Oregon's O-line was blasting holes in us where they had four, what, four backs that ran for at least 50 yards, three that ran at least 90? Yeah. I think that was the number, yeah. Um, our front seven just is struggling. I don't even – I. the – if your if your second leading tackler is your starting safety, and your starting safety has three more tackles than Oregon's leading tackler, I think that says enough. Yep. Um, Hardy Nickerson nearly doubled the amount of tackles for Oregon's leading tackler. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And we were on defense a lot. Yeah. 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 So we totaled 90 tackles. Then this includes special teams as well. They totaled 49. <laughs> um, I'm looking at that going, what? They had 92 total plays of offense. Yeah. Sorry, how many tackles did we have? 90? Yep. Some of those are special teams yeah, and, yeah. you know, yeah. one on an interception yeah, yeah, and so yeah. on and so forth. The biggest question is, is how injured is this team now? I'm afraid something's wrong with Jared. Just th- this feels a little like 2007. This feels like Nate Longshore coming off that ankle injury. Yeah. And he's, now, he's not the same guy again, ever. He's I not mean, the 06 Longshore. Yeah, it feels like Goff may have gotten hurt in the Washington State game. Then we then we follow the same script. Heartbreaking loss to uh, whoever. Uh, Utah in this case. Yeah. Uh, it was Oregon State then. Yeah. Get smacked down by UCLA the next week and then just send to a tailspin. Maybe we'll win against Oregon State. If the script follows, it's barely. And then uh, was it Laurel Cunningham who caught a long pass in that game? or I think it was. I think you are correct. Yeah. And then, well, we need a walk-on receiver to make a long catch. So, Chad Hansen, it's your time. <laughs> but then, I mean, if it ends with a bowl victory over a service academy, then, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that Armed Forces Bowl game. No, but, that was – and Kevin Riley was one hell of a quarterback in that game. Yeah, I, I was at that game, and it was it was a treat to watch him along with uh, Deshaun Jackson's last game. Yeah. Javid Best – or not Javid Best, Justin Forsett's last, last game. game. A bunch of those guys. Deshaun, uh, what's his well, – um, Robert Jordan, Lavelle Hawkins, yep. all we of them. lost all those guys. Yeah. That tr- those uh, still my favorite trio of wide receivers ever to play for Cal. Yeah, um, but too much better. Yeah, you really can't. Um, uh, so yeah, let's move on. Uh, Trace, do you have any other things? Uh, I'm just negative today in general. Yeah, it's a lot of. I I don't know. I don't know what's up with just Jared in general. He's inaccurate. I don't. I don't think that was all the line's fault. There's, I feel like he's not really stepping into his throws. That there are a couple where he fell down. Yeah. And bad line. I don't know. Uh, in my opinion, this is just this is just my honest amateur opinion. A bad line can only account for so much. If if I'm I'm I don't I don't have the stat on how many times he was hurried, um, but if he only got if he only got sacked twice, that means he's moving his feet enough. Yeah, yeah. To to have time. He had one where he just like went yeah, dodged. Yeah, I think like yeah, three, yeah, three. Yeah. And, Great and th- yeah, and that's and that's awesome as a quarterback who who's able to move his feet. You know the Peyton Manning feet. Solomon here, um, a little asterisk. Solomon here is a, a very big Peyton Manning fan. Um, so shout out to Tony Franklin as well. He probably be best friends with Coach Coach Franklin. He got hurried four um, times aside from. Okay, so he got hurried four times. He got sacked twice. You take those two. You take those six plays away, and he probably you know. Broke, came out of the, or ran, you know, ran out of the pocket and did all his little things um, in terms of shuffling his feet, stepping up, sliding, all that. But the fact that he used to make those throws last year and earlier this year, too. and earlier yeah. this year too, yeah, the Grambling State, San Diego State, Texas, Texas, um, Washington, yeah, um, it was all there, and all of a sudden, 
all of those places. I mean, granted, you can't you can't bank on every single one of those plays to go in every single time or be caught every single time. Yeah. But the fact that it's I was we I saw him and I we talked about this when we were watching the game. Every time Jared throws a long bomb or any of those types of throws where he shuffles his feet, gets out of pressure, and makes a throw, yeah. it's no longer a oh god, yeah, he made it. It's a more of a ah crap, are we gonna get picked off? Yeah. That feeling sets in every time he throws now. And so I'm pretty sure he feels it too. Yeah. Um we did get lucky on that last uh, Treg's touchdown. Yeah. We got very lucky. He got a hand on it too. It tipped right into Treg's hands. What's um, been pretty concerning about those balls that we're talking about like when Jared steps into it and guns it is that he's been underthrowing his receivers. Yeah. Even though he's stepping into it. That's yeah. the big thing, yeah. right? So it's, I'm wondering, is it just he's misreading it? He's The chemistry is off between him and his receivers? Or is it his arm hurt? I don't know what it something's is. Something's hurt. I'm sticking to that story. Yeah. For me personally, Jared, NFL, NFL prospect, all that. I'm I'm still a firm believer in it. I think yeah. he's going to be a great NFL quarterback, and I'm I'm still by that without he's got a doubt. The mental aspect down. Yeah. He does. Yeah, he definitely does. He's a, he's 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 got that cool Joe mentality, right? Yeah. Of just changing it up every single play. But for me, right now in college football with this team we have, he is a mediocre quarterback yeah. at this point it's, in time. It's right? not going too well yeah. right now. I mean, just looking at his numbers over the past couple of games. Yeah, um, he's just a normal. He's, he's still hitting a lot of yards. Yeah, but yeah, it was over three hundred. Yeah, we're just not scoring, and that's. I mean, with that's with our concern. type of offense, with the spread offense, and him slinging the ball around this many times, that's a very small amount in terms of what we should be scoring, and so I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's just. Like I, I, you know, I hope people don't get misunderstand me for saying, "Oh, he's a mediocre quarterback." No, no, no. He's he's a great quarterback, and he will it's be in the pros. Right now, right in his now, current form, he is a mediocre college it's quarterback. It's not working. Yeah. Right now there's something that's got to change. Otherwise, we're having a nice uh, firing party after the season. <laughs> and we will talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah. But for now, uh, I guess we kind of talked about what needs work um, with our negatives as well. But uh, let's talk about for. You guys have a player of the game uh, for you guys? For me, it'd have to be Vic. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, and we kind of talked about this, Rob, but in the fourth quarter, it kind of felt we gave up. Um, yeah. We had, what, 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Fourth and one, we're down by, at that point, two scores? Yeah. Three scores? Two scores. Like two? Thir- I, 13 or 14 like that. Doable, basically. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and we punt it, fourth and one. Like and, and it's not even deep in our own end zone. It's yeah. like on the like the forty seven yeah, yeah. or something like that. So like, what that what that shows to me is that at that point you kind of said, you know what, screw it, let's maybe lower the deficit, leave this game with some pride, but with twelve minutes left in the game, you can do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, Vic in that fourth quarter had one of his explosive runs and he just truly I think exemplified that winning culture that I think um, Jared talked about at the beginning of the season is that yeah, we're down. Yeah, we're in a very disadvantageous position, but I'm gonna run my hardest. Yeah, we're and gonna fight for every single yard. Yeah. And he did, and his numbers show it. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't pick anyone else. So, um, I, for me, I'll pick, I'll pick one guy, Demario Drew. Um, he was our second leading tackler. Yeah. And but if it wasn't for him, I'm pretty sure this game would have blown out even more. Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's, this, he saved a lot, and he crashed into the box 
a lot. He makes our defense so much better. There were certain plays though, and we we when we were watching, we saw there were certain plays where he took bad angles on yeah. some yeah. on oh, some God, tackles. But what do you expect from a safety that has to come into the box to make a tackle for you? I mean, he's gonna he has to sprint at full speed to to cover that ground, and then he has to make the tackle. So it's understandable, but. Or like it's 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 not an excuse because you know if you're a defender you should be able to make all tackles but I'm looking at it going man he could have he could have not had that many tackles if that rest of the defense kind of stepped up for him but yeah. so for me yeah so for me Demarie is at the at the top yeah I can support that for sure yeah yep all right let us move on um, to the other Pac-12 games that happened this week uh, we'll do a quick whip around I'll start with Solomon. Uh, for you, you get the fun one. Um, number eleven at the time, Stanford goes into uh, Colorado, beats Colorado forty-two to ten. Kevin Hogan, one hundred sixty-nine yards, two touchdowns. McCaffrey, twenty-three carries, one hundred forty-seven yards. I think he had over two hundred twenty all-purpose yards this game too. Yeah. So there's that. Um, yes. P- points. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere deep down, I was hoping that this would just be another example of how ridiculous the Pac-12 is and Colorado would pull out a major upset but I mean we don't live in that kind of world I the guess. game the, to, to, to your point the game was tied at the end of the first quarter mm. the game was tied 70, uh, 7-7 and they scored 21 in the second so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. looks like uh, that Colorado D-line could only contain McCaffrey <laughs> for, for, 15 for 15 minutes, minutes. and uh, I mean after that it's I mean just looking at San Francisco line too I mean going up against that for more than ogre package <laughs> ogre, ogre ogre package ogre just classic football just blasting open I like we need looks to like start carrying brass knuckles against them <laughs> just go straight for the side like the wrapping knee. some chains around our arms this is another football reference just do the whole uh, replacements uh, just everyone drop kicks everyone and just <laughs> yeah. you take all the penalties that you want just lash out on them first it's the uh, longest yard too yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. you throw the ball at their <laughs> put out your cigarette on his arm yeah uh, uh, but um, yeah it just shows again as much as I hate to say it Stanford, best team of the conference. Yeah. Um, they're showing up every game. McCaffrey is more than just a more than just hype. Um, yeah. He's producing every single game. Hogan, yeah, not Hogan's the, not there. The, yeah, <laughs> he is present. Yes, um, he does his job. Um, the winningest QB in, in Stanford, Stanford football history. history. That's right. Oh, God, um, why? <laughs> no, yeah, he's honestly just he exists to get the ball to his teammates. He's a game um, manager. Yeah. And he's been doing a phenomenal job. Um, yeah, he he's, is, not, he's not the greatest quarterback, but uh, he's doing what he has to do, and the rest of the Stanford team is doing what they have to do, and they're winning every game. And when a football team moves to L.A. and drafts him, he can become Hollywood Kevin Hogan. Oh, please. Oh, <laughs> Lord, no. What Lord, you going to no. do? <laughs> he's going to wear the bandana and everything. Is he going to rip his shirt every time he comes on he, to the like, He's going to spray paint onto the back of anybody that he trucks. <laughs> Drop a Why? leg. And it fell blitzed. All right. Let's the move. LA Chargers. <laughs> oh, my life would be so over. Yeah. My, <laughs> You're from, like, I don't know if I can support that LA team area. though. <laughs> my life would be so over. Um all right, let's let's move on to the next one. Trace for you at the time, number twelve, Utah goes into Washington and beats them thirty four to twenty three. Uh mm-hmm. Devontae Booker, hundred fifty yards on thirty four carries and a touchdown. Wow. I watched part of this game. I didn't watch too much, but uh, Utah, still great on defense. A lot of them was just forcing turnovers and 
they got a lot of fumbles. Uh, Kylie Fitz in particular and Gianni Paul, those are two guys that played extraordinarily well. And, I mean, credit to Washington. They didn't give up. Browning threw for 257, which is solid. And there was some shoddy officiating in there, like there always is. But Utah is, they're not the greatest team. They have weaknesses. Yeah. We've seen them be exploited by USC in particular. But yeah. they're probably, I picked them at the beginning to win the South, and it's looking like they're going to do that. So good for them. All right, uh, back to you, Solomon. Number 23, UCLA at Oregon State wins 41-0. to Josh Rosen, 22 completions on 33 attempts, 333 yards, two touchdowns. So-so, Jamabo. Nine carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. And Thomas Duarte, six receptions, 116 yards and two touchdowns. Wow. I mean, <laughs> even against Oregon State this year, you don't really see games like this. Um but I also think it just kind of really speaks to UCLA's potential, but also their inconsistency. Um, well, the inconsistency already shows with zero points in the first quarter, zero yeah. points in the fourth, but scoring 24 in the second and 17 in the third. Yeah, that point spread alone just speaks volumes. <laughs> um, you don't even have to look at the rest of their season. But, I mean, just looking back, um, they've shown up in some games. Rosen's looked amazing in some games. But, um, but yeah, like – the fact that they're dropping games um, that should be in their pocket um, just speaks to their inconsistency. But um, they definitely showed up against Oregon State. Um, yeah, Oregon State it hasn't won a single conference game yet. Um, they are definitely in rebuild mode. But the fact that they didn't score at all um, makes me a little optimistic for this Saturday. They're so. on a backup quarterback, too. Aren't yeah, they? they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are, too. Yeah, no Seth Collins. Yeah. Um, and and we'll talk about this in a little bit when we talk about our preview. But thank thank you that I don't think we can deal with another running quarterback. <laughs> um, yep. All right, back to you, Trace. Arizona State at Washington State. Washington State wins thirty eight twenty four. It's time for the volcano, <laughs> the millennium millennium falcon. <laughs> uh, uh, there was another nickname that I had, but I forgot it. But yeah. 36 Good. completions on 50, 55 attempts, 497 yards, and five touchdowns. Wazoo's bull eligible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh Wazoo's second in the Pac-12 North. Yes. They, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Falk actually is now tied for second in Wazoo history for most 300-yard gains. How many does he need to surpass Connor Holiday? Uh, he's at 12 right now. Holiday had 21. There's so. no way he's gonna... <laughs> Is Falk a senior? I don't think he is. Oh, no, he's a junior. Is he a yeah. junior? Oh, yeah, so he has, oh, he, has he, has time. Time. he has time. He's tied with such illustrious names as Alex Brink and Ryan Leaf. Um, yeah, so I, I watched some of this, too. I will have a soft spot in my heart for Washington State forever because they're, they're a lot like us. They're underdogs perpetually, but they found the great equalizer, which is throwing the ball and throwing it some more. Wasn't it the great equalizer, the pirate? Yeah, and the fifth down that they got on oh, one yeah. play. <laughs> oh, yeah. An inadvertent whistle, which I did not hear at home. And I don't know. I know Colorado joined the conference, but we apparently wanted to reenact the fifth down game since they were in the Big Ten when they got that. So, yeah. Long live the volcano. Joe and the volcano. Oh, the Millennium Falcon. Oh. This man is pretty, pretty.
pretty amazing in that system. He's I'm an not... active volcano. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He sets the records ablaze. He's an underground volcano, too. <laughs> That's true. All right. Um, under the sea. Under the sea. <laughs> He's like Mauna Loa. <laughs> <laughs> the last one for you, Saul. Arizona at USC. At USC prevails 38-30. to 30. Anu Solomon, 31 completions on 46 attempts, 352 yards, three touchdowns. Ronald Jones for USC, 19 carries, 177 yards, and a touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster with a broken hand, eight receptions, 138 yards, and a touchdown. To be fair, I think it's only fractured. So, oh, Well, uh, <laughs> surgically repaired hand, oh, okay. I'll say, because right, he did have fair. surgery on Monday. So. If Charles Woodson can lead the NFL in interceptions with a separated shoulder, Juju Smith-Schuster can do this with a broken hand. Yeah, easily. So. Oh, uh, man. Uh, one, it's a great game. Um, tied in the half. Arizona takes a lead in the third. Takes a fatter lead in the fourth, I believe. Yeah. And then USC just scores, scores, scores. And Arizona gets a trash touchdown and with seven seconds left. Um, yeah, Ronald Jones had the highlight of the night, or one of the highlights of the night, too, with that run. Mm. <laughs> I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe that run, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what Kessler had, what, like 280 yards, two yep. touchdowns. Um, but yeah, I knew Solomon um, looking like himself after a while, um, putting up numbers that are pretty ridiculous, um, considering USC's, USC's defense is pretty solid. Yep. Um, but yeah, just the, just the ability to contain those big, big playmakers at USC um, for four quarters is a tall order for any team in the conference. And he did it. Um, yeah, and uh, little, not enough um, to get that win, but um, definitely exciting game, to say the least. All right, well, that wraps up uh, all the Pac-12 games that happened this week. Um, let's do a little quick whip around again of the Pac-12 games upcoming this week, and then we'll do a preview of Cal's game at home against Oregon State. So I'll start with you this time, Trace. Uh, Friday night, SC at Colorado, 6 p.m. on ESPN2. Okay, well, Colorado, they're in Colorado for this one. They are. So. In Boulder. Could they pull it off? Honestly, I think they could. Yeah. This If this were... This is the time for Colorado to pull a major upset. And I think they could do it at home. They're playing at elevation. Should be I don't I don't know. Coach McIntyre has to pull something out sooner or later. Otherwise he's gonna be back on the unemployment line, which yeah. sucks because he's a great guy from all accounts. But I think they could do it. This would be the week, but I wouldn't be too positive about that one. Okay. All right, uh, for you, Solomon, Saturday, UW at ASU, 12 p.m., Pac-12 Networks. Yeah, so both of these teams kind of defied my expectations. Uh, I called out Rob earlier this season on a power ranking saying that uh, ASU wasn't all that great, but they've definitely been proving me wrong in the past uh, several weeks, not this past well, week. Well, they've also proven me wrong because I picked them to win the Pac-12 South. So. Well, yeah, but um, yeah, honestly, ASU, I kind of wrote off at the beginning of the season. Didn't think they'd be able to perform at the level that they did last year. But, uh, I mean, they're not quite there. No, yeah, definitely. They're, they they're, aren't there either. But, they're um, all right. Yeah, but... Um, They'll still be bowl eligible. Yeah. Well, well they're four and five right now. Well, considering cons- the remainder of their schedule. More. Yeah. Um, and UW, the Huskies really just kind of shocking me how good their defense is. Um, despite the losses despite the losses yeah a lot of close losses um 
but yeah, that defense putting up the best numbers in the Pac-12, um, giving just prolific offenses a hard time, um, giving us a hard time even um, at the beginning of the season. But uh, this should be a pretty good matchup. Um, yeah, ASU's offense going against that defense. I still favor uh, UW, but um, should be a fun game. All right, uh, for you, Trace, Oregon at Stanford, 4.30 p.m. on Fox. I'm of the belief that we let Oregon do really well in this game so they can beat Stanford next week so they have the confidence. I'm hoping that happens, but I'm expecting it not to. I'm expecting Kevin Hogan to throw for four touchdowns and defy all odds with his shot put throwing motion. <laughs> and McCaffrey's going to catch at least one of those and run for a couple more. They're going to probably put up 50 points on Oregon, and it's going to be morbidly depressing. This is Stanford's clinching game, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And um, it's a reminder to everyone that we are sponsored by Fireball. Fireball, <laughs> when you want to die. <laughs> When you want to drink but want to chew Big Red at the same time. When you want your mouth to feel cinnamony fresh. <laughs> and you want your brain to feel like nothing. <laughs> uh, for you, Solomon, the next one. Utah at Arizona, 7 p.m. Um, Got to go. Got to favor Utah on this one. Um, yeah, they've not the best team in the conference anymore, but they are still a pretty phenomenal team. Um, I don't see... The Wildcats offense being able to really perform well against that pass rush and that uh, the linebacker core. Um, Utah Utah's offense has been picking it up too. Um, they've been scoring more. Um, I think at the beginning of the season they were maybe averaging maybe around 20 points, a little more than that per game. But recently they've been able to put the ball in the end zone um, and against a an Arizona team that has been inconsistent, that is definitely struggling. Um, they should be able to take this one relatively easy. All right, and the last one for you, Trace. Washington State at UCLA, 7.45 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, this is going to be the – Wazoo's going to win this game. I thoroughly believe that. They're going to get good pressure on Rosen. It's gonna, He's going to turn into Cable Josh Rosen, and I – I don't know. This is the time that UCLA is going to blow a game questionably at home. All right. And the and the Pirate gets to seven wins? Eight Pi wins? Seven. Pirate celebrates in That'll Los Angeles. Yeah. Pirate signs his book about Geronimo. <laughs> or Geronimo signs his book about a pirate. Yeah. That well, works. Geronimo's pretty dead by now. <laughs> <laughs> like, really dead. Like, we probably can't find his grave. He might, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, I haven't uh, read the book. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to our matchup uh, against Oregon State. Uh, we are on TV 7.30 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. So it's our first night game of the season, which is nice. Or actually, I mean, our first night game at home, I should say, um, which is nice for all the people that are going to the game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's get started. Um, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to go four positives, four negatives again, except uh, – about the matchup. So um, anybody want to start with a positive about this matchup? Um, well, Oregon State's working with the back quarterback. So with any luck, we'll have something on that. We'll pressure him and, you know, have some fun with that. Anything can happen. And this is likely to be the game where we get our sixth win. So. Yeah. 
better be honestly <laughs> looking at the rest of our schedule but um, for you Solomon uh for me I think after four losses in a row in a row um this is a an opportunity to build up some confidence again um of course I say that very tentatively because I know how we can't have good things um we can't has nice things we can't has nice things um, they have nice things everywhere except football. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Actually, no, yeah, considering that, that is true. Um, but, yeah, really, um, our offense looks like it hasn't been able to find its rhythm. Um, I think against OSU it's going to be a good opportunity to find that again. Hopefully, hopefully this will be the game where we string together that full game that we've been talking about all season. Um, our defense will be able to – hopefully get some more takeaways and continue to lead the nation in that. Um, but, yeah, for me, really, it's going to be – this game is going to be a good opportunity for our offense to find its mojo again. Um, all right. Uh, let's, let's see. For me? Is there one for me? Um, a positive about this matchup? Well, we're facing a second-string quarterback. I think that's my positive for this matchup. Is, uh, we won't be playing Seth Collins, who – I imagine if he played us, would might run for like 350 yards as a quarterback. He might, he might actually beat uh, Hurd in terms of running amok on us, um, and probably would have made some ESPN highlight rule or highlight reels by, you know, hurdling like three of our guys at the same time. Um, but yeah, I think that's a that helps us in terms of the defensive side of the ball. The offense will. There won't be any. There won't be a lot of trickery involved, in my opinion. It'll just be either a straight handoff running game or just a straight. Thank goodness we're good against straight handoff. Yeah, we did well against San Diego State in that regard earlier this season. Yeah, so a straight, you know, regular pro style offense. I think we'll be able to handle pretty okay. well. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Should we go on to negatives about this matchup? Um. Trace. Uh. I don't know. I don't like. Person, from a personal standpoint, I don't like late-night games. I'd rather have them around, like, 3 or 4. Yeah, so it gets night by the time it's yeah. around over. Yeah. gets night, and then I personally I have to walk back to bar, take it back, get to the car, take that back, you know. And then you pass out, and then you don't sleep. And then, I don't know. Hopefully we win so I can sleep a little better. Mm-hmm. I haven't slept well these past couple of Saturdays because of that. But... Who knows? That's the only real thing I can think about this that's negative right now. I'll save the negatives for after the game. Okay, there we go. Solomon, for you, any points? Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the matchup, but the fact that this is the game where we're expecting to become bowl eligible. Yeah. Um, this is the game that everyone saw on the schedule and was, yeah, like, was like, that might be our sixth win right there. Yeah, I mean, we were all hoping that we'd already – have that six win under our belt, but the very fact that we're not, yeah, that we're coming into our 10th game, um, still with only five wins, um, is kind of depressing to say the least. Um, so yeah, it'd have to just be the situation, um, that we're put in this position, um, this late in the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have some, snarky sarcastic comments but I'll, i will hold off on it I, I yeah i shouldn't say them <laughs> um all right let's go on to uh who are you guys looking out for 
um, in terms of Cal? Who are you, any players that you're going to be keeping an eye on? Let's see how many carries Vic gets this week. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. For you, Solomon? I mean, this is a typical response, but it'd have to be Jared. Um, if he can't perform in this game, then I'm going to have to really start questioning what's going on um, very seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to hopefully he'll have more time in the pocket. Hopefully he'll be able to step into his throws. But if he has that, um, I want to be able to see him connecting like he did at the beginning of the season, um, hitting his receivers in stride, not hoping that it bounces off of a defender's hands into Treg's hands again. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to see that early season golf again. Um, so I'll be watching him closely. All right. Uh, uh, to end this segment of the pod, um, your prediction against Oregon State? I'm going to go with the uh, Mr. T prediction for his fight against Rocky. Pain. Pain. Lots of pain. Pain. For you, Solomon? Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I'm expecting a pretty big margin. Um, what I'd love to see is that Oregon State doesn't get more than 10 points. Hashtag drop 50. <laughs> we don't deserve to go that far anytime soon. Not anymore. Um, if we can get, if we can break 30, I'll be happy. Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you guys. Um, I was, I've been repeating this, this quote all day and all night yesterday, and this will lead us into our next segment. But for me, it's, I'm coach Yost. I don't want to see them get another yard. We blitz all night. Again, I'm fairly certain we could hire that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, for me, for me, yeah, I hope we go that route. Um, all right, to to the uh, part of our pod, a a corner within a corner, a segment within a segment, a podcast within a podcast. Um, the sky is falling episode, falling skies episode. Sponsored by Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> the Cal coaching predicament. Um, we first off, our website got a lot of heat this week because we wrote a. One of our guys wrote an article, you know, talking about... Nothing inflammatory, really. Nothing, really. Um, but just certain some things that, you know, was on USA Today and ESPN Insider about Coach Dykes maybe looking for greener pastures. Um, maybe we don't need to fire him. Maybe he's looking for another job already. Things like that. Or maybe is it time to get, for Cal to get a coaching change? So on and so forth. Um, to... As a disclaimer to begin with, I am in the I am in the boat I am in the firm belief that Sonny should get one more year, but at the same time, if we don't give him an extension, is he really going to coach to his full potential next year? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, would he recruit hard? I don't know. We've already got a lot of recruits. That's yeah, true. yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So that's just a disclaimer on my part. But let's let's get to it. Um, uh, one thing before I before we 
Funny fact, the guy who played Coach Yost, Will Patton, yes. is a character in TNT's Falling Skies. He is. Yes. And this is a... I did not know that. <laughs> that was a very intentional reference. Yeah. Okay. Sky is... This is Sky is Valley. It's a Falling Skies segment. Um, all right. Let's, get, let's go through some of these questions about the coaching. And uh, we're not necessarily going to talk about, hey, does he need to be fired does no, do we he, need a coaching change? He deserves another year. Yeah, that's, regardless. Yeah, I think that's fine. But, but if we don't, if we fail this Saturday against Oregon State, it becomes very difficult to keep saying that. Yeah. So I just want to go over some questions with you guys in terms of just the coaching. I don't. I'm not talking about whether he should be fired or not or anything. But in terms of just the coaching style and with the things we've seen so far this season, progressed from last year and the year before. Um, first. Are the problems having we're having right now, is it the team slash players? Is it the system that we're running that's not running to full potential? Or is it the play calling and coaching style that's having an issue? I'd say it's a little it's a little bit of every single one of those. Yeah. Because we have problems with the O line not performing up to what they can do. We have problems with play calling. A throwback screen on third and three isn't gonna yeah. get the job done. And then just in general, some people have gotten hurt. Some people are just off from their early season form, and that's that's an issue. So we'll, it's a lot of wait and see with these things, which bothers me, but I don't know. We're going to have to see where our offense comes from these last three games and whether it can it'll shape up or not. For you, Solomon? Yeah, it's really hard to say. Um, it's on one aspect of the game. It's really... It's really everything. I agree with Trace. Um, yeah, definitely. Our guys can play better than they have been, um, without a doubt, just in terms of their skills, uh, um, their reads, uh, what have you. But at the same time, you can't really – I'm still so caught up on that fourth and one punt. Um, <laughs> that, that, to me, just really bothered me. Um, Especially with that play, too. I mean – Solomon and I saw it, but I, I don't know if you saw it too, Trace, but Jared and the entire offense looked over at the sideline, and you could see in their eyes, like, we want to go for it. Yep. We should go for it. Yep. But the coaching staff pulls the offense off the field and sends in the punting unit. Um, and so for me, for me, that was the turning point right there. I don't think, I don't think it was the punt that was the turning point. It was the fact that – the coach overruled what all the in, all eleven players on the field at that point in time wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, we're um, gonna get a. I don't know if you've seen it, but Varsity Blues like revolt against a mutiny. Coach Dykes played by John Voigt. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get Vanderbeek to play golf. <laughs> Dawson's Creek. <laughs> no, but I think so. For me, like, I'll defend Dykes. I believe that he does deserve another year. Um, I believe that whenever you do have a new system, it does take a little bit of time for it to become successful. Um, and I think three years is too short of a, t uh, a period of time for that. But when they made that call um, to punt it away um, on fourth and one, that just showed me that maybe the coaching staff doesn't want to win as much as the players do. Right? Um, that um, for them, they had already given up at 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And that, to me, is very disturbing. Um, See, yeah, I, I'm in that same boat as you, but I, and, yeah, I fully agree, because 
I'm looking at it going, okay, if our defense had been holding this team, you know, and let's say we were still down two scores, mm-hmm. but yeah. our defense in terms of in terms of overall game, we gave up the scores, but our defense overall was playing a great game. We were holding them, just certain big plays just went off and they happened to score. I'd be fine. Flip the field. Maybe we get better field positioning after we give them a three and out. Yeah. But that but, wasn't but that wasn't the case. Yeah. Our defense was getting shut. It was it was our, our defense def- gave up record numbers of yards. You don't punt when your defense is giving up that you need to give yourself the opportunity to win. This, this was this was how every four downs went or every three downs went. It was the first down was like a like a one or two yard handoff. The second one was like maybe maybe stuffed at the line, maybe went back one, yeah, and then on third down for like we give them we give them a hole on the on the right or left yards. side for yeah. yeah you can't be good yeah. on only two out of three plays. Yeah. You got to be good the entire three plays. Games. Yeah, so we've been, I've noticed. Since Washington State or Washington, we've been especially bad on third down defense. Yeah, hell me against even Texas. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'll move on to the next question. We had a lot of coaching duty switches before the right before the season began, right? Yeah. Especially with uh, well, that I would say leading up to the season beginning because we also had Likens and all Likens you know, and Yenser left. Yenser left, so that we had to reshuffle that. We had to have new hire at O line. You know, break, line uh, with Coach Jones. And then, I think Coach Peeler's done a good job because he's our key recruiter right now, but he's done a good job with the inside wide receivers. He has. I think he has too. And, you know, the, it's weird because our offense is the one that shouldn't need the questions. Our yeah. defense was. And we made the right coaching. Hire. We, co- we hired Coach Lovett. All of us were kind of skeptical about that hire because we were like, why are we hiring two DB coaches? But it's worked out. Yeah, they've worked to our pretty benefit. well. It's it, the DBs have been revamped. We've been hey interceptions. Yeah, absolutely. there it is. Yeah. We're not yeah. getting blown over the top. So that that's there. Why didn't we do the same for the offense? That's what I'm confused yeah, about. If it wasn't working, just a matter of hey, we lost our receivers coach and. Tony Franklin's coaching both quarterbacks and running backs, and Sonny's taking the outside receivers, and I'm not sure if either of them needs that extra responsibility. We need to go out and maybe see if we can hire just another offensive coach or reshuffle some things around so we can have another offensive coach who won't go anywhere near the Motel 6 at the Embarcadero. I pass by that on the way to work every day. There's at least a cop car out there every other day. Um. So yeah, do we need a reshuffling? Does it need to come now, or does it need to come at the end of the season? It should probably come at the end of the season. Yeah, it's, it's a little, it's too, it's too, too late. late at this yeah. year. Um, so let me let me ask it to you this then: Is it do we need to hire an extra man, or do we just need to reshuffle the duties? I think there's a limit on how many coaches you can have, and I think we're at it because right we now. hired Coach Lovett as yeah. a second DB coach. And I mean, uh, we got a uh, Coach Hamilton recently. He was from Concord, where they won a bunch yeah. of stuff. Isn't he uh, like a quality He's control? He's a quality control guy, but I think if we can get him working with receivers or running backs on a one-to-one basis, I don't know. I think when it comes with running backs, we need a guy like Coach Gould, a guy who's hands-on with them, just loves his guys and pushes the hell out of them with the boxing glove on a stick <laughs> and stuff. That was my favorite part of watching practices yeah. there. And just somebody like that. But guys like that don't come around too often. Nope. So, I mean, Coach G's doing all right up at Davis. They're not the greatest team, but he's there. Yeah. So, 
I can't really. We're not uh, getting him back anytime yeah. soon. Because his wife's the AD up there. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's move on uh, into another question. Then, in terms of recruiting, how do you think this season's how it's gone, and how we expected it to go? Um, how do you think it's going to affect recruiting, especially? And I'm this is not the recruiting in terms of hey, are we going to get five star guys? That's not the point. The the point of me asking this is with the coaching uncertainties that is available for recruits to read on ESPN, on USA Today, and yeah. all that. How does that influence? How will that, do you think, influence a guy's decision? And maybe he liked Cal. Maybe he really wanted to come here. But looking at it going, hey, maybe this is not the system that they'll be running by the time I'm a sophomore, junior, and I can contribute to this team. I think what I like about when people do recruiting is when they sell people on the school, not the the playing time, not all the other stuff. Because you're not going to get any better than Cal, in my humble opinion. (laughs) Non biased, of no, course. Co- I mean, it's the number one public school in the country, and I think something like second in average median salary for yeah. people coming out. Now, I will say this, and this is this is basketball, not football. But Ivan at the press conference uh, two weeks ago, best best quote that I heard him say, and this is I was shocked by the way he said it. And they asked because they were asking about. How do you deal with the rankings? How do you deal with the preseason hype about around this team? And he goes, we go to the number one public institute in the world. We go to the number three overall university in the world. That's the only ranking that matters. You, you could, if you sell every single player that you bring to this school that way, yeah, it doesn't matter what happens in terms of coaching, what happens every game, what happens you know, in terms of bowl eligibility or whatnot. Um, so yeah, that's my little rant about that um but Solomon do you have anything you say in terms of how do you think it might affect recruiting yeah I mean for me yeah Cal isn't exactly one of those huge athletic schools that you see in like the SEC um so we aren't going to be getting those huge recruits just based on our athletics program or our track record yeah whatever system we've been running we have the same Um, quality losses though (laughs) Quality loss. Um, that being said, uh, yeah, if we can, if we can get recruits um, based on the prestige of our academics, um, which is not going to go down anytime soon, um, that's ideal. If we can get these fantastic athletes who also have their priorities in the classroom, um, honestly, for me, I would take that over a five star. Yeah. Guys who love the school. Mm-hmm. Just guys who are smart and can learn quickly. Yep. Perceptive. Yeah. Blue chip guys. That's the guys I would want on my team. Yeah. Are just pure blue chip guys. All right. Uh, last question in terms of this. All right. And I'm not saying coach is getting fired next week or whatnot. But in in the off chance that we don't win against Oregon State, we don't win against Stanford, which is more than likely, and we don't win against ASU, we're more likely than not, you know, going to question whether he should stay. Um, do you guys have any coaches out there that you wouldn't mind seeing at Cal if there was an opening? Uh, well, last time we had this, I, I wanted Hugh Jackson, but it's that's not going to happen because he's going to get an NFL job with how the Bengals have started right now. But that being said, I want, I want a guy who's been at Cal before but has – a defensive background. I'm going Justin Wilcox. 
defensive okay. coordinator at SC. I think he would come back up here in a heartbeat. And he's a good guy, too. So. Yeah, he was with the whole Tedford era. Yeah, he here, was so. the linebacker coach in 2005 and 2006, I want to say. Yeah, and he was a dang good recruiter, too. Yeah. Him and him – and, I, I hate saying this name, but him and Tosh – were the one-two punch in terms of recruiting back then. So, and he, you look and at you look at the defense know. and the NFL personnel that we had, or the NFL prospects that we had um, with when they were at Cal. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that, yeah, that's a good hire. Um, Solomon, do you have any potentials you were looking at? Man, I can't I can't really say. Um, but for me, whoever it would be in that case. Um, Something I really respect about Dykes, which it is a focus that's off the field, um, focusing on not just his players' ability on the field, but um, their priorities, their character, and um, and yeah, it's how they do in the classroom doesn't necessarily affect how they do on the field. But I believe that if they have that kind of ethic, that kind of focus, um, and if whoever comes in can really push that as Dykes, I believe, has. Um, we can get players that truly love this school and want to play well for it. Um, yeah, for me, I think I'm putting this name out there, but I've, I've already said this name before in other podcasts, is uh, Duke's coach, David Cuttycliffe. Um, he's at a school that football's not really known for and people don't really care about, yet they're semi-good in terms yeah. of the ACC. Granted, the ACC's not a... Not a very well balanced football. They um, got beaten conference. down by North Carolina this week. Yeah, they did. They got beaten down. Um, you know, but you know, it's always the Clemsons. It's always the North Carolina states and the the Florida states that are doing well for them. So, if you let's with the with the academic level at Duke, he's recruiting them fine, um, and he's turning guys who aren't four star or five star recruits. He for us, we're we're in a good spot because we always we have a pretty good mediocre range of four stars, mm-hmm. and then we get the occasional one or two one or two five stars to come in. You know yeah, that we flip. Keenan's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in in Cuddy Cliff's case, he's doing it with three star guys and then the occasional four star guy. And granted, stars don't really matter because it's how you all develop them. But yeah. in terms of just the base talent that you're bringing in to develop, um, and if he's done that well of a job at Duke. Um, I don't see why not. I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do that with the resources, the background, the school, the culture, the area that he has that's available to him here in the Bay Area. So, yeah, I'm in Solomon's boat. I and and Trace's boat as well. I want a guy that would be able to sell him on the school and what they would be um, learning outside of just the football field. Um, it's like if Coach Conzo can coach football too. I would love that type of personality. Like that's the type of personality. It's the why not Cal attitude. Why can't we be the best that we can be? That's the philosophy that I really have enjoyed with Conzo. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've got to have somebody with that same mentality, like because Conzo's that way because he had leukemia at one point and he overcame that, and now he's been free of it. He saw his kid live to eighteen, and he's. Uh, he signed the number two class in the country as far as basketball. Yeah. When we have essentially no basketball tradition here. Nope. Well, shout out to Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Uh, Ryan Anderson. Semi. 
Daryl Imhoff. <laughs> Daryl Imhoff, that's right. He, Kevin, he, he Kevin was, Johnson, why are we forgetting the mayor? We cannot. We probably should forget the mayor <laughs> with everything that has come out about him recently. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, so I guess that's that. Um, I guess this will be more of a question towards the off season, um, and also we'll see know, what happens after yeah. we go to the Foster Farms Bowl down yeah. in Santa Clara. <laughs> is it in Santa Clara? Is it at Levi's? Yeah. Oh man, I was hoping it'd be at AT and T. I do not like Levi's Stadium. That's why I will not be going. <sighs> all right, um, that pretty much wraps up all our football talk. Uh, we'll we'll end with a little bit of basketball. Basketball. The season begins Monday night at 7.30 with an exhibition game against Carroll, which is actually from Montana, um, at Haas, uh, 7.30 p.m. Uh, it'll also be shown on Pac-12 Networks. Uh, Trace will be there covering um, for Golden Blogs. He will be tweeting from Golden Blogs. And um, will be wearing a very neutral sweater. Yep, yep. A dark blue navy sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Sounds about right. It's blue, gray, and uh, olive green. So it's <laughs> three colors. Um. From Target. Yeah. I don't know how much Saul has been following the basketball team. Uh, you and I have immensely. It's our job. <laughs> <laughs> that too. No, no. You mean our charity work? Our volunteer work that we yeah. don't get paid for? Our penance mm. to twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He promises to pay us back in probably silverlings and, and, uh, and I don't know, some medieval coins. All the grandmas he kicks out of there. Or wait. Wait, what? <laughs> Never mind. I'm not um, sure we can mention his regular day-to-day career. Yeah. Um, people are going to get a lot of question marks with yeah, grandmas involved. Be, yeah. <laughs> and his regular career. Um, but anyways, Trace, season exhibition starts on Monday. Uh, season starts on Monday. Exhibition game on Monday. It doesn't really count. Real game, real season starts. The ones that start counting Friday against Rice, 730 at home. How excited are you about this season? Uh, well... Football has brought me down quite a bit, yeah. so it, I've tempered my expectations for everything. But I expect us, I expect Monday's game to be just fun. Yeah, because we'll get to see some athleticism that has not been seen at Cal ever. Ever in, in Jalen Brown and Ivan and Ivan. Yeah, Ivan's a different kind of player. He's more traditional, but Jalen's just explosive. Which Ivan reminds me of a more. A more versatile Devon Harden. Yeah. Is that a good comparison? I'd say a much taller Leon Poe. Oh, okay. That's that's probably a better comparison. You are correct. That yeah, is probably he, a better Harden was... I just remember Harden for blocking Michael Beasley into like the fifth row yeah. against Kansas State that yeah. one year. Oh, Devon Harden. What a great... What a, he was a nice guy, too. I, he was a very nice guy. Good defensive player. Yeah, very good. Um... So, yeah, I am very, very excited. I know most Cal fans that have followed Cal basketball through this offseason and this recruiting cycle and, you know, Conzo's amazing recruiting, uh, pretty – and they're all pretty hyped about the team, especially after seeing the blue and gold scrimmage last week. Um, I'm, I know most people are pretty upbeat and just – A lot of people saw that dunk. Mm-hmm. I think most people have seen that vine. I think even Solomon probably has seen that vine. Even me. Yeah, even you. Even you. <laughs> Um, he's like Nam. He calls basketball shooty hoops. He doesn't. He doesn't. He really doesn't. He really doesn't. But he's he's in that in in that line. Um, we'll probably get one of my other friends who watches Cal basketball enough to talk about Cal basketball when we actually get on. But um, yeah, nothing wrong with some shooty hoops. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually excited for this season because this is 
they're, the hype around the program hasn't been this high in a very long time. We actually have a shot at, like, not an underdog shot. We actually have a legit shot at winning the Pac-12 uh, title and the Pac-12 tournament, which we haven't done in a very, very long time. We haven't ever won the Pac-12 yeah. tournament, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, We've we actually gone to the finals a couple times. Yeah. Once in 2006, where we got beat down by UCLA. Then once, I believe, 2010, where we got beaten by Washington. Yeah. So, you know, the the sky's the limit for this team, really. Um, most people peg them as no lower than a third seed in terms of the NCAA tournament, which would be huge. We'll see what happens, um, though. But, yeah, I'm not pregging. I'm, you know, most people... Those bracketology stuff preseason, it really doesn't matter because yeah. they could lose the first game of the season and your your seating just starts to drop. I just want to see us beat Arizona multiple times. Twice? Yes, I hate Sean Miller with a passion. How how funny would it have been if we did end up hiring Archie Miller? I know that was it was some people talked that about that was a very long shot. That was a very long shot, but what I'm saying is he was on that list of people like people or who might or people who they would want. Yeah. That would be real. That would have been really fun, though. Yeah, because he's doing a great job at Dayton. <laughs> he's really still. doing a great job at Dayton. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited. If you guys are there, um, please enjoy yourselves. You are. If you didn't come to the scrimmage, if you didn't go to the hoops hysteria thing, you haven't seen like them play in person yet. It is a spectacle. Yeah, it is so much fun to watch. Heck, come say hi. Neither of us bite. I hard. might. Do you bite? I'm. Uh, no, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I got the incisors that are kind of like uh, so you, sharp, but uh, so you want to bite, but you're just withholding. Uh, yeah. I take it out on apples and chewing gum <laughs> and stuff, carrots, fireball. <laughs> teeth have nothing to do with fireball. <laughs> it makes your teeth cinnamony. Um, but yeah, that pretty much wraps up our show today. Um, you can email us, tweet at us. Um, I'm. At Rob eleven, HWAG Trace is at Trace Travers three. Um, Solomon is at Solomon Kim. Very simple. Yeah. yeah. Easy to remember. Keep it simple. Yeah. Kiss you, method. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find us um, at Golden Blogs on Twitter. You can find us at CaliforniaGoldenBlogs.com, where you can actually, for the first time, actually read all of our writing. Yeah. All three of us have stuff on that website. That is true. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, and also you can email us on the pod at cgbbearcast at gmail.com. We love getting emails. Yeah. I love getting emails. It's nice. It's a very good feeling um, when people enjoy um, what you do for fun. And I mean, if you ever want to talk to us about stuff other than Cal Sports, we all have interests outside of Cal Sports. Yeah. So if you want life advice from Trace, um, if you want... That's terrible advice. If you want dating advice from Solomon... <laughs> And, <laughs> and um if you uh want um i don't know i, I can't think of one for myself what are your interests rob <laughs> soccer advice uh, if you want soccer advice if you want soccer advice um the rob long guide to first time soccer watching there you go there you football. go if you don't know which team to root for when you're when your best friend roots for arsenal or tottenham um, you can come to me, and I will direct you in the right direction. Somewhere away from London, most likely. Everton. <laughs> Newcastle. I, w- I wouldn't say no to that. I actually wouldn't say no to that. Um, so, yeah, uh, get at us. Let us know. Um, thank you, Solomon, for um, joining us on this pod. How was your time on the pod? It was 
Great. <laughs> it was a blur. Would, yeah. This um, is we're an hour and fifteen minutes in. <laughs> yeah, my sweat's finally dried off. So I mean, um, we're going song number two. Yeah, the blur. <laughs> Woohoo! We blitz all night. And um, then uh, the uh, what's his name, Donald Thyssen from Scrubs, is gonna. <laughs> Get out. Then we have to bring in Ryan Gosling. Then we have to take Ryan Gosling back out. <laughs> then our defensive end or linebacker or whatever the hell he was yeah. breaks himself. No, but before that, Solomon gets to enter the game. And then um, he's the kid from California. And he goes, uh, Lasky, let him in. And he goes, what? Let him in. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> sunshine. <laughs> sunshine. Uh, a roughing... A r- Un, what's it? Unsports my conduct oh, player and a quarterback coach? Back. Are you kidding me? <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears. Let's go. You know it. What? Tell the story. What? You tell the whole bear world. This is bear territory. You know it. What? Tell the story. What? You tell the whole bear world. This is bear territory. You know it. What? Tell the story. What? You tell the whole bear world. This is bear territory. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.